0: Welcome to the Build a Life After Loss podcast, where we help women who have lost children to build a life of purpose and joy. Our aim is to encourage your hope in the future and strengthen your confidence. I'm your host, Julie Clough, Life Coach and Certified Grief Recovery Specialist. Hello, my friends. Welcome to Episode 28, Six Ways to Improve Relationships. This past week, I taught a workshop on up-leveling our relationships. And so I wanted to share some of that outline with you. As you can imagine, after our children died, my relationship with my husband was, was pretty strained. And, and I want to give you a little context for that, because when, we, when it first happened, I felt like it really brought us together. We were experiencing the same devastating loss. And I recognize now that we were experiencing it very differently. I don't, I don't know that I fully comprehended that at the time, but every loss is unique and individual to the person because our relationship with the person is different. And so we were experiencing the same loss. And so at first it brought us together, but then over time, because of our because of our different personal experience with the loss and because of our different style of grieving, it started to pull us apart. And I think this is so common. And we see this in the statistics of what happens too often with marriages after a, an accident, after a child has been hurt or, or died in an accident. I was really concerned because both my husband and I had been previously married. We had both gone through a divorce and the statistics aren't good for second marriages as well as they are not good for marriages that have experienced the loss of a child. And I was concerned. I was not only obviously had lost, we had lost our children, but I was concerned about the health of our marriage. And and I think just like any strain in someone's life, those strains affect relationships. And that's certainly what we experienced. It got to the point where I I really felt like we were, we were both committed to the marriage. I, I don't want to paint the picture that we weren't committed to the marriage, but we were both committed to the marriage, but we were both miserable. We were both in our own places of grief, and we really didn't know how to relate to each other at least that was my experience and when things came up that normally we would have just handled any type of new any type of new stress just it was just that much harder also i know that i like many of you experienced the strain of other relationships whether it be other family members whether that be with with other children that are in the home or whether that be with friends a lot of times i hear from people that they that they didn't feel supported by their friends that the friend that they that they thought they were closest to didn't support them in the way that they expected and and so that's why i really wanted to discuss today six ways to improve our relationships because i think it's a pillar i think it's a pillar of what needs to be talked about after a loss and, and how we can view those relationships and then what we can do if it's, if it's truly a relationship that we want to survive, if it's a relationship that we want to improve. So the six principles, the six ways that I wanted to talk about today, the first one is that any relationship is between two people. And and so that's why I always say a relationship starts with me. Any relationship that I have with anybody else really starts with me. How am I showing up in the relationship? The better I feel about myself, the better I feel about other people. This is what I've experienced over the years, because when I was in such a bad place, and such a dark place, I just didn't have the energy to reach out. I I felt terrible about myself. My soul was crushed. I I really had nothing to give to a relationship. And I certainly did not have, unfortunately, very good feelings about myself. And so that's that's kind of where it all starts. We have to I really see it as a an opportunity for for us to think about how we feel about ourselves and Like I said, the better we feel about ourselves, the better we feel about others. Have you ever walked into a room of people and you just immediately felt what was happening in that room? And it could be positive or it could be negative. So we walk into a room and and what is the common phrase? You can cut the tension with a knife. And so that's the vibe of the room. And the vibe of the room comes from the people in the room. And so when I'm not feeling good about myself, what is my, what is my vibration? What is my vibe? What, what does it feel like? What am I giving off? So one of the things that we do as we rebuild our life is we want to increase our vibration. We want to increase the light in our life. We want to increase the light that we that we shine out to others. And these are things that we've kind of talked about all along. So there's there's lots of material in the podcast about improving our the feelings that we have for ourselves. But some of the things that we can do is to listen to inspirational music or inspirational books. Um, being creative is something that really helps me to feel better. Smiling I know that's hard after a loss, but when we have the opportunity and we do feel to smile, or even if we don't feel to smile, that's, that's a, a worthwhile thing to do to help us increase our vibration. So those things that, that help us to feel good. And I want to qualify that a little bit because sometimes we do things to avoid and they aren't things that that help us, well, they help us feel good in the moment, but they are, they're things that ultimately harm us. So we think about uh, overeating, drinking, those things that we use to numb ourselves that maybe make us feel good in that very moment, but aren't good for us overall. So when you think about increasing the way you feel, increasing your vibration, you want to think about things that help you to feel good, But are also good for you. Another thing that we've talked a lot about is how we get the emotions of grief up and out. We move the emotions so we don't just, it doesn't just get trapped in us and bring the goodness in. So we have to find ways to let go as much as we can. And this is a process. So I just want to be super clear that this is a process. This isn't something that, okay, today is my day. I'm going to be super ridiculous here, but. But it's not something where we say, today is my day to get the pain out. I'm, I'm done with pain and I'm just going to get it out. That's, that's not what I'm talking about. But it's just a process of acknowledging our feelings, recognizing that we have pain and expressing that emotionally in, in a way that is constructive and helps us to, to he- keep those feelings moving so that we're not just stuffing. And then we also want to increase the goodness in. So we want to bring the goodness in. So that's right along the lines of increasing that vibration. One of the other things that I think we can all get better at is accepting compliments. So often we hear a compliment and this is I'll tell you what I do and I've I've catch myself doing. Someone will compliment me and I'll say, oh, that's so nice of you. Instead of just saying, thank you, I'm kind of deflecting the compliment and just turning it back to them. And and that's better than what I previously did, which was, oh, not really. Like, I, you know, someone would say something and I would deny it. I would say, oh, no, you know, not really. I mean, if you really knew me, you would know better. <laughs> it's something like that. But really... What helps us is if we can accept the compliment. If we can just say a sincere thank you and just leave it at that. This is something my mom tried to teach me years ago when I was in high school. And that's the last time i could I can remember specifically where someone would give me a compliment and I would do the thing like, "Ah, oh, no, no, not me." And she would just be like, "Just say thank you. Just smile and say thank you." And so this is something that i I want to to do better at. This is something I want to improve at, and I think it's something that helps us to if we accept the compliment, we're allowing that compliment to enter our being. If we deflect it then we're we're basically saying to the universe that you know don't give me compliments don't give me any good because i don't want those cuz we're just putting our hands up and and pushing them away if you could see me right now i'm i'm, I'm demonstrating that right now but to accept a compliment is to bring it in and say thank you The next way we can improve our relationships is to recognize that our relationships are determined by our thoughts. So our relationship is actually in our mind. Think about someone that you have a relationship with who's not actually in the room with you right now. That relationship is in your mind. It's in your thoughts. I often think of the bus story from Stephen Covey's book, Seven Habits of Highly Effective People. I'm pretty sure that's where he shared this story. The story goes that a a man got on a bus and he had several children with him and he sat down in his seat and totally ignored the kids. And the kids were running up and down the bus and hanging from the, the overhead straps and jumping up and down on the seats. And the people on the bus were just aghast. They were just could not believe that this man was just allowing his children to act this way without saying anything to them. That would be our normal reaction. But as the story goes, what if we knew that that man had just come from the funeral home with his children to arrange the funeral for his wife, for their mother? How does that change how we feel about this man and his children it shifts everything it shifts everything because we have some we have some understanding of this man we have some understanding of where he's at we have understanding of where his children are at the idea is that we give ourselves we give others allowance we we take into consideration their circumstances but that we ultimately get to decide we get to decide how we feel about somebody We don't even have to have a background story to change our thinking. We don't even have to know what happened in order to be compassionate towards someone. We can choose to be compassionate. We can choose to love regardless of someone else's behavior. Often we give others labels. This is so easy to do. We we give somebody a label that they're flaky or they're unkind or This person is immature. Those are just labels that we give. And when we give somebody a label, what does our brain do? Our brain goes and looks for evidence that what we believe is true. So when we say that someone's flaky, we are looking for evidence that that person is flaky. What what happens when you think this? So you, you might be thinking of somebody right now. You might be thinking of somebody right now and you think, the thought that I have about that person is true. if we were sitting across from each other, you might give me reasons why you believe that thought about that person but here again our brain is looking for evidence. what shifted for me and my husband's relationship is two things when I well a couple of things all of these things were influential all these things that I'm sharing with you but A couple of main things that happened for me was one, I started to take care of myself and I started to take care of my thoughts about myself. And I decided that it was time for me to think better of myself. Once I did that, it changed how I viewed the world and how I related with other people. The other thing that changed was I was determined to... Think positive thoughts about my husband. And you can use this in any relationship. If you have an adult child that you're trying to improve your relationship or an aunt or an uncle or a a sister or a brother, whatever the relationship is, this can still be applied. But I was determined that I was going to change my thoughts about my husband, that I was no longer going to accept labels. If I had a label in my head about the way he acted or responded to something that I was going to eliminate that label and I was going to look at everything on a case by case basis. This isn't to say that, that I would allow somebody to treat me poorly. And certainly he was not treating me poorly, but we do have to be a little bit careful. I think so often we make excuses for the way b- we behave by saying things like, well, that I'm just sharing my truth. This is just the truth of how I feel. And so then we go and we, we use our words to make someone else feel bad because it's the truth of how we're feeling. And we just really have to, I think for me, I, I just started to examine that thought and examine, is it really my truth or is it just, is it really truth or is it just my opinion? Is it really valid to verbally attack someone else or emotionally attack someone else because of the way I feel. And I I finally determined that it just was not worth it to do that. There's a relationship cycle. And this is what I saw was that our thoughts and feelings, the way we think and the way we feel affects our behavior and our behavior influences others, influences those relationships and when that happens, we see results of of one kind or another, positive, negative. It's, it's the result of the thoughts, the feelings, the behavior, and the influence on others. And then those results affect our thoughts and feelings, and it just continues around in a cycle. The place to break or change the relationship cycle is in our thoughts, because what we think about something affects how we feel about it. So we have an opportunity to change our thoughts. Our thoughts are optional. Almost every thought we have is optional. That's hard to realize because we, we really do, our perception is our reality. But perception is just that. It's a perception. It's our interpretation of what's happening. It's not necessarily a hundred percent all truth. So number three. We get to decide what kind of wife, mother, friend, put whatever word you want in there. What kind of person do I want to be? How do I want to show up? So when we decide how we want to show up, what kind of a friend we want to be? What kind of a sister we want to be? And we can identify what that is. Then we go back to our thoughts and think, what thought do I need to think in order to show up that way? Because my guess is, is that we all want to show up as a loving person. In order to show up as a loving person, we have to start with loving thoughts. And our loving thoughts equate into love, the feeling of love. So interesting. I just love it. (laughs) So number four, focus. Where we place our energy expands. What we focus on expands. I think this became pretty clear to me a few years ago, but I, I didn't, it took me a long time to, to apply it. And I don't, I'm still not, it's something I'm still practicing. You think about when we're upset about something, like you walk in and your sister was supposed to have done the dishes and they didn't do the dishes. And we walk in and we're like, why didn't you do the dishes? I've got people coming over and we get, we get really upset, like we can feel all the energy in our body moving and it comes out loud and maybe angry. And it's really easy for us to expand those types of feelings. But what happens when something somebody does something good for us? Do we have an equivalent response? Do we have an equ- equivalent response to the positive? When I started recognizing that my negative response was much stronger than my positive response, I had to be real with myself and recognize that wherever I was putting that energy, wherever I was putting that focus, that was what was going to expand. And is that really what I wanted to expand? Did I really want to expand the negative or did I really want to expand the positive? So how do I do that? After recognizing that, then I, I needed to start working on dialing down the negative responses and dialing up the positive responses, being enthusiastic about the positive and maybe not so dramatic about the negative. Again, it's our thoughts that, that determine all of this. So if I'm thinking something like she shouldn't put her dirty clothes on the floor, what am I feeling? I'm feeling frustrated. I'm feeling irritated. I'm feeling maybe even less than like I'm being put upon. And then how do we show up when we're irritated? How do we show up when we're frustrated? But if I can think something like I love her, then we can feel love and we can behave lovingly. I even like to say if she didn't put her dirty clothes away and that's okay. I love her see how it kind of shifts. Like we can acknowledge where we wish things were different, but then, and that kind of brings us to the very next point that we have to throw away the manual. We have to throw away how we think somebody else should act because we have no influence. Well, I don't want to say we have no influence. We don't have as much influence over how someone else acts as we think we do, as we think we should. We don't have that control. And honestly, I really think the reality is if we could live in a world for a day where we got to control everybody else in our life and determine exactly how they were going to act and exactly how they would be, maybe one day is not a long enough test. (laughs) Maybe we would be really excited about it for one day. But I think over time, we would be disappointed with the results. I think if we really thought about it, and really imagined a world where everybody did exactly what we thought they should do. They showed up exactly how we wanted them to show up. They came and helped with every little thing we wanted help with. They, they said just the right things. They did just the right things. I don't think it would take us long to realize that really isn't what we want. What we really want is genuine relationships where neither person is doing things to manipulate the behavior of someone else. That's what we really want. But too often we don't know how, how to do that and how to, how to get that. And what I'm finding is as I change my viewpoint, as I change my thoughts, if I change, as I, as my thoughts change my feelings towards people, my feelings change my behaviors towards people, it really truly does influence others to show up authentic as well, to show up real, because they don't feel manipulated anymore. They don't feel like there's an agenda. And so let's throw away the agenda, especially with adults. And you know, when it comes to kids, it's a whole different thought process, because we do have responsibility over our children and training them. But when it comes to adults, let's just let's just throw away our ideas of how they should be behaving and how they should act. What happened to me, I sometimes refer to as the Oprah syndrome. If you've watched any of these talk shows, a lot of times the experts will come on and they'll say, we just need to communicate what we want. And I think that's where we ended up with the, with the generation or the thought that I'm just speaking my truth because we've been, we've been trained to just say what we want. And there's not necessarily anything wrong with that, except for the way that has been been communicated to us is in a way that if we just share what we want, then other people will provide it. If we don't tell people what we want, they can't provide it. And that's true. If we don't tell somebody that we prefer Mexican over Italian, then they won't know. That's totally true. But at the same time, if we do it in a way that says, I like Mexican, therefore we're only eating Mexican, (laughs) then then we're doing it in a way to manipulate somebody else. And we're not taking into consideration their thoughts, their feelings, how they want to show up in the world. I always got hung up on this because the message over and over again is if you would just tell your friend, if you just tell your husband, if you would just tell your sister what you were thinking and feeling, and how you were wanting things to go, then it would happen magically. But they never said, or at least I missed that part, they never said what to do when it didn't happen that way. When you expressed your opinion, when you said how you would like for things to look and how you would like for for a person to respond in a certain situation, they never told me how, what I was supposed to do with that if they didn't do it. So my mind started jumping to, well, if they loved me, then they would do X, Y, and Z, because I've expressed that that's what I want is X, Y, and Z. And a lot of times my X, Y, and Z were simple things. And I thought, well, surely if he loved me, he would do this thing. If she loved me, she would do this thing. But again, it does not take into consideration someone else's personality, someone else's preferences, someone else's, even just their day and the energy that they have that day or the, the mood that they're in. It just doesn't take any of that into consideration. So here's, here's what I have found is that yes, I can express my opinion all day long. I can sp- express my preferences all day long, but I shouldn't. Or I've determined that I, to have the expectation in in a way of, not only is this my expectation, it's this, if this has got to happen or else, but I've changed it to now, you know, my preferences, what are your preferences? And maybe we can make something work together. I hope that makes sense. I hope you're following me on that. The, the very last thing that I, I wanted to say about ways we can improve our relationships is, love is always an option. Love is always an option. Regardless of what's happening, regardless of how someone's responding to us, regardless of how close we are or how not close we are, whether we're feeling that connection with somebody or not, we can always love. Because our love comes from our thoughts. If we can think about how can I love this person? Remember what I said about how our brain is looking for evidence? our brains automatically look for problems. And then we become just 24-7 problem solvers. And the problems that we solve too often are other people's problems. We see how somebody else should be acting. We see how somebody else should show up. And then we see, oh, that's a problem. They're not acting. They're not showing up the way I, I think they should. And so our brain just automatically goes to problem solve automatically is looking for problems, automatically looking for evidence of the thoughts that we have. But what if we're more intentional? What if we're thinking in terms of how can I think loving thoughts of this person? How can I show love? You know, one of the things that I did, I'm really, really grateful for the inspiration I had to do this. And I initially saw it in a book that I read. And I just started really thinking about it. And I thought, you know, that's super easy. And that's something I can do. And that was to, you can sit in a room with someone and not even say anything and just think over and over, I love you. Now, remember at the beginning, I was talking about the vibration. If we sit in a room and we think over and over again, I love you. And we send that message, not with words, but with our thoughts, what does that do for the vibration in the room? I truly feel like it sounds bizarre, but I truly feel like when we can do that, when we can sit in a room with someone and we can think, I love you, over and over, our brain then is looking for evidence of how we love that person. And when we are looking for evidence of how we love that person, that becomes the Go to thought for our brain is, I love this person. So even when something happens that's not in the realm of what we want, our brain then goes to, I love this person. And when we think, I love this person, we feel love and we show up in a loving way. Just a quick caveat that obviously, if someone is mistreating us in a substantial way, We need to make sure that we are taking care of ourselves and that we're getting the help we need to get out of an abusive situation. What I'm talking about here is the abuse that we heap on ourselves by thinking that we're being mistreated when in fact we're not. I hope that that is super clear. I'm not talking about when somebody is habitually verbally abusive or especially if they're physically abusive. In those situations, actually love is still an option, but from a distance. That is not the type of relationship that we are trying to rebuild. The type of relationship that we're trying to rebuild is a relationship where we want to feel a connection with somebody, somebody that we know has our who likes us and and loves us at some level, but somehow we've lost a connection. And maybe it was through our grief. Maybe it was because of some other situation, but we've lost a connection. And these are some ways that we can build connection. I'm going to review them again. First, an improved relationship always begins with how we feel about ourselves. Second, relationships are determined by our thoughts. The relationship actually is, exists in our mind. Third, we decide what kind of Person, we want to be, how we want to show up in a relationship. Four, what we focus on expands. Five, throw away the manual. Six, love is always an option. And just a reminder of a Mother Teresa quote if you judge people, you have no time to love them. I guess that's the beginning, isn't it? To stop judging ourselves and stop judging others so that we can stay in a place of love, love for ourselves and love for others. Thanks for joining me today. If you're on iTunes, I would love if you would give us a review that will help others to find us. And that would be most appreciated. Also go to build a And there you can get your copy of three daily practices that will help you to start feeling better now. In addition, you can join our Facebook group at Build a Life After Loss. Have a wonderful week, and as always, remember, I believe in you.